This episode is brought to you by Heartbeat Hot Sauce and Motion Gray Desks. Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Hey, today I am excited. We are talking about money, 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 money. Some people say you should never talk about money. I think we should always talk about money. I think money is, you know, a, a form of currency. Obviously, it is currency. There's many forms of currency out there in the marketplace. But, you know, financial literacy, understanding dollars, understanding interest, understanding just basic things of mortgage payments and, and, and revolving credit card interest and all these things to me are a huge, huge foundation, not only for business people, but for everyday people who are running a household, you know, having children, you know, just, just those just those intricate moments of life. I'm pleased, pleased to be welcomed by Faisal Carmeli. Now, everybody who's listening to the show right now, I want to, I always like to give context when we bring on, you know, a new partner to the show or a new guest to make sure that you understand, hey, Ryan is only handpicking and selecting the very best in their category. So, you know, Faisal, I'm calling you the money man. Uh, I don't know what your nickname is, but I'm, I'm deeming you now the money man. Um, and I'm going to read right. his, I'm going to read Faisal's bio and introduce him to you guys. But I just really want to let you know, I'm extremely excited to, 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 to welcome Faisal to you guys. You're going to benefit from his, his information, you know, and, and I have to be honest, I'm a little bit favorable for Faisal because he's Alberta. You know, I, I feel like I talk to so many people in the States or in Eastern Canada. It's nice to talk to somebody in my own backyard. So, you know, I, I have to admit it. I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of bias there, but nonetheless, you're going to get great information. I'm going to kick right into it. Faisal Carmelli is an author, entrepreneur, advisor, and media personality. He provides Canadians with sound retirement planning advice as an investment advisor and portfolio manager. He has shared his expertise with the public for almost a decade by co-hosting More Than Money, a radio show on Calgary's Global News Radio 770 CHQR dedicated to retirement finance and lifestyle topics. Faisal also regularly appears across various other media to discuss financial and daily things. Listen, he is everywhere. All things money, all things retirement. Uh, Faisal, welcome to the Ryan Holt Show podcast. We are so happy to have you, my friend. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, man. And everybody who's who's listening to this, you know, Faisal has a long, long bio. And some, I will always read somebody's bio and then I cut it because I say, listen, we're going to talk about so many good things. And you're going to get to know Faisal over the course of time, over some episodes. And, and we want to thank you, Faisal, for supporting the show, you know, coming on to sponsor, partner the show. You know, when somebody does that on our show, I feel like it's it's a it's a big way of them supporting us, supporting our cause, supporting our mandate. And as you know, you're familiar with our content and, and what we put out. You know, I like to poke the bear. I, I love curiosity, but I love to push the needle forward in terms of innovation. I like to bring content that's actually going to deliver value to people's lives in kind of a weird and evocative way, but it works. So I'm happy that you're a part of this craziness that we call the Ryan Holt Show podcast. Yeah, this is going to be great because one thing about you and your show with all your viewers and listeners is that it's not just the basic stuff that we hear on mainstream or in a textbook. You get to the meat and potatoes of it. You get into what people can do differently, take it outside the box. And that's exactly my philosophy when it comes to building your wealth over generations or over just decades for yourself. It's it's thinking outside the box. That's what creates wealth. That's what gives you that financial security you need in your future. So I'm, I'm happy that our, our values are aligned in this one. I love that. And you know what we do? We, we try to promote a safe space to have very unsafe conversations. And 
you know, with guests and people that we bring on, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, the same 10 questions answered, a lot of media questions, the same, you know, 15. And for me, I'm like, listen, I don't want to talk about any of that. I want to get to the heart of where we're going with this. And I like, I like breaking things down that people can understand. You know, I don't, I don't need to be fancy to get good information out there. And uh, so today I'm, I'm going to work around your brain a bit. I have some questions. You know, I thought about these questions I'm about to ask you very, very intimately. They, they're very passionate to me um, as a person. They're passionate to a lot of people I talk about, and I'm excited that you're sharing, you know, your expertise with us. So I'm kicking right into it. I, I want to know what are the top three money mistakes that people tend to make in their 20s and 30s? And I, I say 20s and 30s because I feel like, you know, 20s, a lot of people, and I'm sure you could agree, Faisal, you know, you're, you're still learning yourself. You know, you're, you're, you're coming out of school, you know, maybe you've started a family, but for me, 20s are kind of, I don't want to say a wash, they're, they're incremental years, but they're kind of those years where you're, you're trying things, you're failing, you're trying things, you're failing. I think it's great. I think there's a lot of growth there. Uh, pushing into your 30s, you know, you get a little more experience. Uh, and a lot of people, I feel like this is a, a moment that people should be focused on their money and should understand money. And if there's any pitfalls we can help people with in their 20s and 30s, what do you think they could maybe kind of look at to, to maybe avoid some of those mistakes that you've seen? I'll tell you what my industry says first and why I think we have to take it a little bit deeper than that. The first thing that, that my industry says is you need to save more. Think about mm. your future, plan for the future, save for retirement. Uh, you're 20 years of age, you should envision what you're going to be like when you're 65 don't know how they do that but that's what they're they're saying to a lot of individuals out there number two live on 90% of your money don't if you'll save 10% there's been lots of books written on that whole concept of saving 10% and number three don't pile on a whole bunch of debt well that stuff is just the norm and it's mainstream I think we need to look at where they are in their lives and being 20 to 30 years of age in this decade is way different than it was when you and I were 20 and 30 because of what's around them the ability to make money money now is so much easier than it was when you and I were 20 years of age. We didn't have this kind of an opportunity. So people are talking about as if income is a fixed finite number and you have to live within or eat within that pie. I think that's completely wrong. I think now's the time, especially when you're young, you're going to try different things, explore different ways of making money. The number one mistake I think 20 and 30 years old, 30 year old do is they've been told box yourself into one career. Get yourself settle down and just do that for the rest of your life for the next 50 years of your life you're just going to do that and i think that's wrong i think i have i deal with a lot of people 65 75 years of age and they are not happy generally speaking being in that career for so long wow and now they've identified themselves as their career so when you're 20 or 30 you're gonna try different things i love the fact that today we have this gig economy we never heard about gig economy 20 years <laughs> <laughs> you can make so much money out there with a simple use of your phone or anything out there. So instead of worrying about expenses only, look at the top line, the revenue side. Learn how to make more money. That's the key thing because in a world where you think that money is not abundant, it's a scarce resource, you will act like everything is scarce. Mm. If you believe that money is abundant and you can go and make it, then it's not a lifestyle decision. It is the way you see things in the world. Everything can be abundant if you want it. So I think the mistake that my industry is making, which has been pushed onto individuals, is pigeonhole yourself, stay in that box for the next 40, 50 years of your life, 
and you'll be fine. I don't think that's accurate anymore. I think, first of all, revenue, make more money, look at different ways of making money, find out who you are, what drives your passion, and away you go from there. So that's number one. Number two, regardless of what age you're in, FOMO, fear of missing out. What I find is that- Basil, I want to I want inter to interject with you, because this point number one, I mean, this is, I feel like you point, you that, that there's 16 tips in your point number one, and, and number one, you brought up gig economy, and number two, you brought up the fact that, hey, you don't have to sit and work in your job for you know 25 30 35 years now here's the funny thing i can say this you're an ethnic dude you know you, you come from a background we know what culture is you know east indian black asian you know middle eastern all these different cultures especially cultures who have immigrated over to canada you know your parents are like listen go to school get an education and I need you to be a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, or something. Otherwise, don't come home and you're not successful. I, I literally have friends that have multi-million dollar businesses and their mom's still like, but you never went to med school. Like, I, I don't understand why you didn't do this. And, you know, I, I, I say it in a humorous way, but it goes back to your point in saying that, listen, some of these people, you know, I, I live in a retirement community here in, 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 in BC and I have amazing conversations with you know retired doctors retired surgeons 70 years old 75 years old and they're like you know ryan i i love what i did for a little bit but you know i really wanted to be a carpenter and i'm not even joking you you know after these people went to school for for 15 years so can you speak on you know how do we pull out of that and say hey mom hey dad or hey previous generation can, could you open up your mind a little bit to understand that things have changed and i want to put one little lining on there I don't like the pandemic or COVID and I'm not saying there's anything good, but I, I am a positive person. And here's what I'll say on the silver lining. No, I don't like people seeing in financial distress. I don't like hearing about people passing away, but here's the thing I love about what happened with COVID. COVID told the world to slow down, stop and take a freaking audit on who you are as a human and ask yourself, do you even like what you're doing? And I think for that, there's a little positivity that's came from it. Could you could you speak to that portion? Yeah, I think you've been speaking to my dad. I can hear his <laughs> voice in the back of my head when you said you got three choices, doctor, lawyer, or, or engineer. Those are the three things that I had to, I had to do, which I'm none of them. Uh, and, and the success that myself and my team has built uh, is have, was not what my dad was hoping for. And I can, when I sat down with my father after a couple of fermented beverages we were talking about this and uh, and he said the fear of coming from a foreign land to this country mm. and saying I, I took the risk to come here 50 years ago Faisal and I wanted you to just have the best and what we've been told back then was if you are those three careers you're financially set mm. you're good you don't have to mm. worry about it so the fear of security is what one generation newly arrived Canadians are feeling and so that's what they're coming for is that sense of security so i totally get the mindset of you know become one of those three professions and like you said i've spoken to many individuals in those industries who said i really didn't want to do it but i had no choice or <laughs> this is where i was falling into because mom or dad told me to do it and i get i didn't get to live my passion which is unfortunate yes. um the, the the part when it comes to how do you deal with your parents is when i'm not being a parent you're a parent i'm a yep. parent i when both of my girls were first born i held them for the very first time the one thing that came to my mind on both occasions was I just want you to be happy, mm, healthy. Mm. 
Yeah. I didn't absolutely. say I wanted you to be a doctor or a professional athlete or, yeah. you know, well, I didn't say any of that in my head. Every parent's fundamental viewpoint, I believe, is happiness and health. That's mm. it. Mm. And so if we focus at, with our conversation with our parents about what was the vision that you wanted for your child when they were first born, mm. those two words are probably going to come out. So what makes me happy is doing what I love to do. I love helping people. And I'm not going to be able to be a doctor because I love to help people, but I hate seeing blood. That's phase <laughs> So yeah. I'm not going to be a doctor. Yes. But I'm going to help people become financially secure mm. in their future so they have freedom and independence to do what yes. they love to do. Yes. That's the foundation of why I do what I do. Yes. That was very challenging for my parents to get their head around that. Yes. And then that. at some point I said, screw it. I'm just going to do what I'm doing. Now, I'm not saying every person should do that with their with their parents, but at some point you got to take care of you. And if you're happy and healthy, your parents will be on board over time. They're worried about what their image is, what their sense of security, what their feelings are. They're not focused on what's best for you when you can pick out what's best for you. And mm. I've been fortunate enough that my parents have put me through a lot of a lot of goods and bads and growing <laughs> up that they have taught me one thing, how to make my own decisions. Uh, and that's what I'm doing. That's great. No, I, I love that. And you know, from a father to father, you know, as a parent, my wife and I, we talk a lot and we say, you know, there's only three main things that we want to see as parents. And for me, it's I always, you know, our whole home is an incubator of creativity. You know, I want to make sure that my kids are going to be the best versions of themselves. I'm not casting my own, you know, dad wants this or mom wants this or any of that. I The one rule we have, though, is that you're not going to be lazy. You know, there's no laziness. You're, you're going to work. I don't care if you're a ditch digger. I don't care what the heck. But I want my kids to be known as these people have a, an amazing work ethic. So I, I totally go back uh, to what you said about you and your dad. And, you know, it's interesting because success looks very different for many different people. There's no one true definition of success in it. As long as you're happy, that's really all that matters. So, no, I, I wanted to go back on that, but you were going into point number two. So that, that was fire, though. So I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah. So, so I think the mistake that our industry has pushed on is stay with that box and cut expenses. I think um, in your 20s and 30s, you're allowed to make a lot of mistakes. Mm. You're allowed to do what you want to do and enjoy things. And you're going to make some really big mistakes. And where I come from is I have wealthy people who want to do everything for their child. They want to buy them their house. They want to, it's not fair mm. what the prices of houses are in, in this country. So I'm going to just buy it for them. They're not learning how to earn. Mm. And I think that's a problem that we see. So in your 20s and 30s, Make the mistakes, you're gonna learn from them, but learn to earn. That's a big piece. It's not just the gig economy I'm speaking of, is sometimes you gotta work in a job you don't like because you need to, I don't know, put food on the table. That's the real world. That's how it is. So learn to earn and then expand your growth from there. I think we're missing out on that. I think people, especially, well, you know, they see your show and they go, hey, I can do what Ryan does. Let me just post a couple things on the internet and they don't see anything pay back their return turn on investment wasn't there immediately. Ooh, well, yeah. Ryan, you and I can talk about, we've been doing this for years. Oh, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. I mean, I we work for, to learn to earn. I, and you have to learn how to, you have to learn to see opportunity that is not attached to a paycheck always. Let's talk about that because Hey, that this is the reality, right? I mean, in my entrepreneur career, I've worked for free for hundreds of hours, thousands of hours. I literally didn't make a dollar and people could look at me and say, Ryan, that's a terrible thing to do. And I'm like, well, yeah, on paper, but we know as business people, not everything on paper is, is, you know, is finite, like you said. And 
for me, I've always been since I was a little kid to recognize opportunities that aren't attached to a paycheck. And I think that people need to understand that concept. To me, that that marries and that cross-pollinates with your learn to earn. And by the way, I love talking to Faisal because Faisal knows how to talk in sound bites. When we edit this video up, he makes it so easy for us. So this is a good thing. Everybody listening to this, okay? So no, back to your point though, Faisal, and I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you when you said that you've worked thousands of hours for free, the other side of that equation is what were you willing to live on? Oh. I think right now in our society, on your phone, on certain social media platforms, the, the fear of missing out or what they call it keeping up with the Joneses is a problem. I have yes. seen too many people early in their lives take on this, I want to look like I'm, uh, uh, I'm making a lot of money or I have a certain lifestyle when I really don't because I'm not happy with it, right? Yes. And so it's fake it till you make it. We've heard oh, that line yes. so many times. Yes. BS. It's total bullshit because <laughs> it's not supposed to be that way. Because <laughs> no. when you fake it to make it, the biggest risk is on you. Yes. No one cares about your situation and your life all they care about is their own yes. and so if you're gonna fake it to impress people who you don't even care about that's a problem and so we start to add on buying things we put on debt we we spend more than we have just to show and i see too many people especially between 20 and 45 years of age in that category they do have they have a lot of show and no dough mm, and i think mm. that's a problem i think that's a problem because it's a compounding effect when do you break the cycle of not showing that you have a lifestyle that you really don't mm. and and trust me, what you see on Instagram is not their real lives. Mm. And, and it's mm. unfortunate that mm. we are now geared to, I want to live that. I want that. That fear of missing out is what I want. So I, I want to be part of it. If you really enjoy what you do, if you love what you're what your environment is in and you're around the right people that make you feel good, money isn't the problem. Money is mm. a means to an end. It's not the means. Mm. It's it's right? it's, it's so it's, it's, it's so interesting. Thing. It's because people all the time they say, Hey, I wanna be where you're at or I wanna be where you're at. You know, I have a lot of older people who are in their 60s and, and 70s, you know, again, with, with my, my place here in BC, because it is a retirement community. And they've literally asked me, like, Ryan, how do you how do you live here? <laughs> you're like the you're you're the age of our kids. And I literally will sit, we'll sit in our front yard with our kids and look at their kids visiting. And I tell people, and this is not a, from a place of arrogance. But one, you know, a gentleman, he's a doctor across the street from me and he said, he comes over and I said, you know, there's there's a few different fundamentals of why I'm neighbors with your kid's parents. Hear that again. Why I'm neighbors with your kid's parents. And he's like, whoa, because I'm the same age as his kids. And I said, it's because yeah. I wasn't sitting at home playing Sega Genesis, you know, uh, screwing around in my early age. And yes, there's, it's so true. If you're willing to invest in yourself, and you're willing to eat some crap and you're willing to put in the work at an early age, it will pay off. And here's what's really interesting, Faisal. I think I'm now just starting to understand that it's paid off. It, and people say like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, I think when your head is so down and you're working, you know, even my wife is like, Ryan, you still talk about like, you have nothing. Like I, it's how I live my life. Like I have zero and I'm like, yo, I gotta climb, I gotta climb. I wake up every day and I'm, I'm like, I'm at zero. I need to go to the next level. And it's like this panicness. And you know my story, you know, as a, as a child, I mean, I grew up very humble beginnings and this is why money to me is such an important topic because this is something that can make or break somebody and you you mentioned it earlier in in your in your talk and 
and you said, you know, you're you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. That will not end well because, you know, the bank is going to say, hey, you, your Instagram might look good, but where's our mortgage payment? And if you keep missing this mortgage payment, we're going to take your house, period. And then Instagram, they, Instagram's not coming to help you out, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so true. It's not coming. No one's helping you. Yeah. Ha hashtag bankruptcy. It's not pretty, right? And so this is where, you know, again, I, I, I think having you on the show and talking to our audience is so big because I want to poke holes in the whole like, you know, artificial social currency type of lifestyle, you know, where it's like, no, this is this is real and, and this is crazy. But going back into your 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 statement about, you know, 20s and 30s is the is the time for you to make mistakes financially. So now let's move the conversation a little further. 20s, 20s and 30s. You made some mistakes. Now, what do we need to learn from those mistakes and how can we start slowly building a couple blocks into the right direction financially? Yeah, now you're starting to get into the point where you're starting to learn more about yourself and actually see what your true core values are. Is the values that you have match or align with the material possessions or lifestyle that you want? Mm. And that's a big piece. So is a big house important? Is a yes. fancy car important? Is that, that vacation property important? Like what's the true value that you have? And we sometimes in our 40s and 50s use a destination or a piece of property as a catalyst to build the experience that we want. Mm. And in those situations, I have seen it and my parents did this, where mm. we have a property not too far from you out in Radium. Oh, and yeah. the reason for that was to have all the kids to get together yes. and every year the family will get together. The purpose was to build a family together as a nucleus, not to have a property. So we bought a property mm. just to get that done. And that's, that's showing what your true intrinsic value is. It's not the property. It could have been in radium. It could have been like five uh, kilometers from my yes. house. It didn't matter. Yes. It was the purpose was to get the family together. So in your in your mid part of your career towards your peak earning years, your value system starts coming out. You start seeing what's really important to you and that's what you're gonna act on. And some of it might cost a lot of money, yes. right? It's yes. not going to a foreign uh, country to have a family get together. It's the building experiences so mm. that when these individuals go off in their own worlds, they're never gonna forget those pieces. And that's one thing that I've learned in, in, from my father who loves to travel. I have two daughters, I'm a single dad. Mm. I actually take each one of my children on a trip one-on-one -on -one. daddy daughter one-on-one -on -one time Ooh. they get to pick the trip they get to have the experience they want wow. I get to come along and they're with me as a single dad it is hard to juggle two kids with two different personalities two different desires and wants <laughs> so I need some one-on-one -on -one time with them that's what's yeah. important to me and yes. I want to build it an experience that they will never forget. They'll look at those pictures and say, I was there with my dad. So that's the legacy I want to leave because you grew up in a, in a home where you had a single parent. Yep. And then that, you know, a lot of issues came up after yep. I grew up in a home where my dad was working all the time and my mom was home. So I pretty much grew up in a, a somewhat of a single family yeah. home as well. Yep. I never connected with my father as well as I could have. Okay. And that's something I want to leave behind with my Ooh. children. So now I'm going to build experiences, which cost money. Money, which means I gotta work like nobody does so I can live or give the experiences like nobody can. Yes. Woo woo. Basil, holy. What did you drink this morning? Man, you woke up. You cut you came to play today. Holy. Hey, we gotta, we gotta get this guy. We gotta get this. We got hey, we gotta get this guy on. This guy's crazy. I love this. No, it's 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 so good. It's so good. I want to move to my next question. So 
you know, United States of America, I'm only pulling data from them because, I mean, you know, California essentially has more people living in California than Canada. I mean, when we look at, you know, the the, the, the numbers and population, we look at underserved communities. You know, you and I have chatted in the past and I said, listen, you know, if we look at an Asian community, you know, maybe Chinese, something like that. I, I look at it and I say, OK, somebody goes and spends one dollar and buys like a chocolate bar in, a, in an Asian owned small business, for example. How long does that dollar stay in the Asian community for? So maybe the person who owns the store has an accountant. He, you know, obviously spends some money with them and then they got some suppliers and, you know, supply chain. And it's staggering. You know, in the Asian community, a dollar could stay in the community for up to 30 days. Well, let's look at the African-American or black community. That dollar sometimes leaves in five hours. I mean, that is crazy. Like, you know, for me, that is, it's such a staggering, like, even when I say it and every time I say it, it gives me chills because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. These Jordans on my shelf, get rid of these Jordans and this dumb stuff and bling, bling, because this this isn't creating wealth. Like, I don't want to buy liabilities. I want to buy assets. I'm an asset kind of person, right? So how can underserved communities, because I do, we have a, a big, uh, a large black audience, young black audience where they're saying, hey, I, you know, I want to get into entrepreneurship. I want to understand business. I want to understand, you know, how I can start creating and making very good decisions with my money. And I've always been of the thought process, Faisal, that you don't need a lot of money to be smart with money, right? Meaning that that's a big statement. You don't need a lot of money to be smart with money. I can take $10 and I could be very smart with $10. I could be smart with, even in today where it's so damn expensive to do anything, I could be smart with $10. So what is a few things, and I, and I know it's a big question because this goes back generations, this goes back into some very dark times, you know, all these things that we're still uncovering today in 2021 with, you're aware, you see the news, you, you know what's happening out there. But how can we help underserved communities or maybe give them just a couple tips to say, well, maybe you could think about money this way or, or that. I, I want you to answer that question. Give us some tips and that we can actually apply today. Yeah, I think um, what I've seen in, in communities that are um, not part of the majority, as well mm. to start with, uh, mine being one of them. Mm. One thing that I've liked about what my community has done locally and nationally is they've built associations where you can get more brand awareness. Mm. Awareness that whatever you offer in a product or service is still owned and run by that same community. Mm. And so when we see that money leaves in 30 days or five hours, that's not a very long time, no matter which metric you're looking at on those two, on those two examples you've given us. And so it now comes back to the buyer or the purchaser's responsibility of know where your money's going. Mm -hmm. When you buy a Jordan pair of shoes, it's going to Nike. <laughs> yeah. It's going to other people. Yeah. And it may not go to your direct community in your local audience or in your local community. Yes. But we know where Nike shoes are being made. Yes, yes. So there is a responsibility. People think that if we if we buy Nike shoes, that that kind of, that money's staying within corporate America. Not always. Mm -hmm. What are their cost structures are going to different countries around the world? So if you know where your money is going, and if you, with intent, want to support your own community, then have a plan of how that money works. And you have, as a buyer, every right to ask, where, who's your supplier? Oh, Who yeah. do you work with? Who's your accountant? Yep. Where does that money go to? Because I want yep. to support my community. I'm allowed to ask that because if you're not willing to do that, somebody else is and say goodbye to business. So I think you have you have more power as a, as a consumer than ever before oh, because yes. we now have a lot more freedom of choice. We've democratized our ability to buy today than ever before. So you can go down the street 
in the same community and say, who's your supplier? Who's your accountant? Who's your, who's your hairstylist? Because if you're supporting your own community, I'm in. And here's my money to support it. You're allowed to. It is the onus of the individual. On the business side of things, of that equation, I see that many business owners look for convenience and price. Who will give it to me quick? Who's going to give me on the cheapest price? And if they just look at that and say, is that fit within my value system as a business owner? Which you're seeing a big shift. Corporate activism is changing huge right now. You're seeing Mm. with the big companies, look at all the attention. Mm. Corporate activism is happening locally within our communities today. And as they start to turn, they will start to, that's a a way to identify yourself different than your competition. There's a huge opportunity to get some business. Huge. You know, I love that. There's a, a few points you brought up there. I mean, the biggest, you know, it's it's really interesting. I've 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 messaged people, and I'm 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 brutal. Like when somebody tries to sell me something, I'm like, okay, cool. I ask questions like, who owns the company? Straight up, I don't know who owns the company. I'm like, okay, who's the decision makers? Okay, how many are female? What kind of uh, what kind of ethnicities do you got working there? Like, are you are we do we look like Canada? Or are we looking you know a little bit not like Canada? Like, what's happening here? You know, and people are like, whoa, that's a that's a broad question. I'm like, no, it's not. I have every right. You want my money? Listen, my money feels everything you do in your life, brother. Like whoever I'm talking to, you don't have any money. You don't have any business. That's the truth. So that 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 is the sure way of, of getting change. You know, we had Dragon's Den Manjeet Minhas on the show and she's very she talks. She said, Ryan, you know, just imagine being a, 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 a an East Indian brown woman, 19, 20 years old going down to Kentucky, trying to get some suppliers to the brewery because they have Minhas breweries in Calgary there, uh, you know, and just hearing some of her stories. And she says, you know, obviously I've had a lot of success and I'm trying to use that success to, to uncover and, and make sure that we're pushing the needle forward so that we we have a lot of people that look and feel like us and, and are is a true representation. So I, I love what you brought up there. But I do think that people have to be uh, conscientious spenders, meaning you can't just spend blind. You need to start you know, spending with very under, you know, the understanding of where your dollars and cents really are going. And, I, and I'm and i sorry, I, I do put the, the, the onus on the consumer because you're right. You go buy an Air Jordan. Well, first of all, Nike's had a lot of issues in the past. Look at their C-suite executives. They're, they're making a lot of money in the black community, but there wasn't a lot of black people on their, you know, their decision making team. And this is something that, you know, they, they, they faced public scrutiny for. So I love that. So moving forward into, and I like that. If you, here's what I know, I still don't understand to this day. Why do I work 65 years or, you know, why do I wait till 65, Faisal, to only enjoy 10 years of my life? And, and how I'm getting these numbers is this. On average, you know, you, you, you know, the average person is going to, I don't know, live maybe 75, you know, good years, you know, and, and I'm, again, I'm living in a retirement community. So I'm doing the numbers in my head because I see these people on their golf carts and I'm like, oh, that person, you know, poor Bill, you know, or wherever it's going. But I'm like, why would I wait till I'm 65 to enjoy my life? Has this retirement thing been sold and packaged up as commercial goods to make me believe something? Because I, I started questioning this the moment I actually got my first T4 as a, as a human being. And I actually made some money and I thought, whoa, wait a second. What's the CPP stuff? What's all these things on here? What am, What are all these damn deductions? What the heck? I'm making this money. And all of a sudden the government comes in and takes all my money. Like it was it was a horrifying experience because I'm calculating how much I made my hours. You know, this is 16 years old. And I'm like, whoa, that's not what that's not what went in my pocket after the check got the deductions. So why do we why are we sold this retire at 65 and enjoy your life for 10 years? And then your health starts getting a little weird and we don't know what happens after that. Yeah. So first of all, congratulations on looking at your own T4 and figuring out what it is, because most of <laughs> you don't even do that to educate themselves. 
Uh, they just literally take that T4, give it to their accountant or bookkeeper, and off they go and pay their taxes. And they don't understand anything that's on that T4. So congratulations for being wow. on a leg up on that one. Huge. The second that's... one is the word that you use is called work. Why do people work to 65? It's a very negative connotation that I'm hearing when we use the word work, as if mm. it's a bad thing, mm. okay? And and so when we use it as this is something I have to do to mm. 65, when I'm only gonna enjoy the next 10 years and then maybe health will decline and so forth, that's my problem. First of all, the, the stats out right now, and this is mm. from the actual reports, North American wide, a healthy couple at the age of 65, one in three, has a 90% a, a probability of reaching 95. Mm. Mm. Wow. Longevity is our biggest risk right now. We're not yes. living only from 65 to 75. Mm. That was back in the 30s and 40s when they started to invoke this concept of retirement. Mm. At 65, you're going to sit on your porch in a rocking chair, and then you're going to die 10 years later, and then the government's responsibility for their CPP or Social Security is only 10 years. Yeah. That's <laughs> been the reason why they brought that out there. Yes. Now, the risk is all on the governments because now people are living past their 90. We have more people over the age of 100, 100 now than ever before in history. Yes. Longevity is here. We're going to live longer. And you're going to have three phases in your retirement. You're going to have the fun years, the not so fun years, and the get me the hell out of here stage. Yeah. And those three stages are completely different. And so you need to plan for what the fun years look like, what we imagine or romanticize about retirement. And then the last stage, the get me the hell out of here stage, is what is your long-term care and healthcare issue that you're going to have? And how are you going to pay for that? Because I don't think this government's going to be there for you and pay 100% of your bills all the way in the future to give you the quality of care that you want. Mm. So we've got two problems there. Mm. So when people are working, to 65 and we'll just use that as a regular word right now then they're going to have to figure out how to save enough money for those three phases mm. i have a problem with the word work when mm. we use the word in a negative viewpoint it means we don't enjoy what we're doing and i've seen many many canadians and americans mm. actually say hey i'm 70 years of age i love what i do this is not work this is mm. my life yes. you and i have had conversations about work-life balance and how it's not actually work-life balance it's just <laughs> life yeah right? so yeah when we have that conversation why is is it different for somebody who's 65 or 75 years of age if they're working and people actually have that negative viewpoint they go oh you're 70 and you're still working something must be wrong you must not have enough savings no they just might like doing what they do what's yes. wrong with there's the whole concept of retirement is being turned upside down right now um, boomers have really changed this because now it's all about their experience and not about just the money. And this is what I love about it. And I can only imagine those 20 and 30 year olds, when they get to that age, they're going to be like, I'm going to do way more. And in that phase of their life, I really feel that 20 and 30 year olds, when they get to 65, 70, it's all about leaving a legacy, Ooh. an imprint in the world. Ooh. And that's what and this whole concept of Ooh. these non-fungible tokens. Yes. Watch how that's going to be used. That this is my legacy. And only you get that access to it on a non-fungible yeah. token. So here you go. And that's my legacy I've done for everything. And that's going to be interesting to see our current retirees. They're enjoying their golf carts, golfing and hanging out uh, on, on, on the front porch. Possibly many of them are just enjoying and doing whatever they want to do. And some of it might be work, which people, is okay. People don't understand what's happening in the world. I think the average person still doesn't. Know. Let me let me break this down. Okay. First of all, people ask me all the time. Hey, Ryan, how do you find your passion? How do you find your passion? How do you find your why? How do you find your why who gives a shit who gives a shit about your why your eye you know and i posted about this i said listen your eye is not your why so they they'll tell me the why and then they start telling me how they suck and they're not good enough and this and that and i get it we all have a story we all have some you know psychological dirt that's the way we are as humans we're not pretty we're, we're weird people but here's what i love about human beings 
We are innovative and we are survivors. Okay, there's an animalistic aspect to, to human beings. Now, when somebody does ask me, hey, Ryan, how, how do you find your passion? Here's what I ask them. I say, hey, Faisal, if you were working not for money, if you didn't have to work for money, I don't care. Like, let's say you had a billion dollars in the bank. You never had to worry about money again. You can live off the interest, man. What would you do? And some people like, it's amazing. They'll, they'll give me two answers like quick. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, maybe you should look at that. Maybe, maybe there's a way to monetize that. Maybe there's a way to wrap a business around that. Because my whole philosophy, and even with my wife, I, we talk about it all the time. And I say, I'm not looking forward to 65. I love working. Like, I love my passion. I like changing. I, I'm going to evolve. I can't predict who Ryan's going to be at 65, to be honest with you. You know, if I look back when I was 25, I'm a lot different at 36. I mean, who knows? Faisal, I'm sure you're different at 20 than you were at 30. 30 than when you are now. I mean, we don't know these things. But the one thing I know is I love working in the sense of, it is a lifestyle. And that's why people are like, you know, you respond back to emails at nine o'clock at night. I'm like, what is this? Uh, the old Dolly Parton movie of nine to five? Like, <laughs> I thought those days, like, I mean, if I'm able, I can. Now, does that mean I don't set boundaries? Because, of course, I want undivided attention with my kids and my family time. Family is very, very important for me. It's my number one before any business. After that, uh, it's beast mode on business. But family for me is number one. And I'm very, you know, public about that. But, you know, what you're saying about really dying, like kind of, you know, looking at this thing as work. To me, you're right. You're describing kind of a hell on earth life. Like you're, you're grinding and you're waking up every day thinking I don't like what I'm doing. And it's very true. You have to ask yourself, do you need the big house? Do you need all these fancy cars? Do you need all these fancy toys? Because if you could cut your bills in half and maybe go make a half a salary of what you're making now, but you're happy, I think you're winning. I think you're winning. The person that shows up to me and is happy and smiling, I tell them all the time, I'm like, I don't know if you know, but you're winning. You're winning. I don't care because there's a lot of miserable rich people. So kind of forwarding into um, this whole 65, you know, why do we work till 65? The mentality of it. You're talking about the NFTs uh, currency. I asked Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, uh, this question because I really wanted to know. I said, Kevin, called him Uncle Kevin. I said, hey, Uncle Kevin. I said, do you think there's more than one form of currency? I said, people putting out content now. I said, you got people that literally didn't do anything with social media. And now they have their own shows like you do. You're putting out content. You're putting out value-based you know, uh, you know, just content. I said, do you think content is a form of currency? He looked at me in two seconds and said, hell yeah. Because he said, listen, when people are seeing you online, as he said, especially in this COVID thing, he's like, a lot of people aren't shaking hands anymore. There's no networking, you know, in person and all these things. How do we start getting our message out into the air? He says, Ryan, people have to understand they're very fixated on money, but there's so many other ways of currency. So I said, where do you see a gap or where do you see a specific professional group of people succeeding? He said, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, who's going to become extremely wealthy and they kind of already are. But even in a bigger way, he said that person that knows how to video edit, that person who's a creative person, that person who can wrap up content and deliver it in a way that's very, uh, you know, appetizing. He said, these people are winning. He said, my video editor, a good video editor, these guys are going to make six figures, no problem, because you need to get your message. There's other forms of content and other forms of currency. So for you being a money guy, I want to ask you this question. 
Where did Faisal, Carmeli, the exchange, you know, you're investing your time and money and resource energy into creating your show. Where did this motivation come from? And you're not a, 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 you're not a dumb person at all. You, you, you think about where you want to put stuff. So what could you say about that? What, what is your motivation? Yeah. So let's, let's go back to when I was a lot younger and I was throwing little uh, parties for my friends and I was DJing <laughs> and stuff like that and charging at the door and stuff like that. It was to create, when I look back, it was, yeah, I can make some money, I can have a party. That's as far as I thought about it. As I grew up and actually learned more about myself, it was to create an experience. Yes. It was to create, it was to be there and create an environment where people are having a great time and feel like they can enjoy themselves. And that translated into my career of being a portfolio manager. If mm -hmm. I can provide an environment where people feel safe and secure about their financial situation, they can do what they enjoy. And that's why I built with my partner, the Popwitch Carmel Advisory Group. Mm -hmm. When we look at the business side of what I've set up on the exchange and all my other interviews and shows and so forth that I'm doing around that, it is to build an experience for the business owner because I really believe that business owners have a passion and are very innovative, but a lot of them don't know how to run a business. <laughs> And that's a problem. Yes. Right? It's like yes. it's like having a driver's license and a car, but not knowing how to drive. Yes. At some yes. point, you're going to crash. Yes. And so if I can prevent those car crashes so people can enjoy what they do, then I've added my value to them. And that is not a currency. I do for free. Mm. I don't make any money on this whole mm. exchange and business advice and everything. It is purely for free because I love seeing people move forward in their lives. Mm. That's where the passion is coming from. Now I'm in that phase in my life where now it's time to help others. So I've helped myself, my family's good, I'm secure in what I have. Now it's time to help others mm. and leave that legacy. So when I can create content and it can get out there and people go, I saw it, it helped, I can move forward in my life and Ooh. with that one piece, Ooh. that to me is worth more than money. Mm. Way you, more than money. You, that you, makes me immortal. You, you though, right now, I mean, you are literally, uh, you know, depositing into your social currency account, right? It's, I don't know if you've thought about it that way, but you know, every post you make or, or interview you do because i mean i could say the same thing too with my show you know hey you know we make money i mean yeah i'm monetizing now but i mean this is a this is a much larger play you know this is if i was talking about sponsorship and all that to me that's like say, yeah i'm a i'm a big thinker you know and i'm a i'm a i'm a buy and hold person that's me i i'll hold something long you know i love real estate i've always loved real estate but I'll buy property. I'll keep it 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Like when I buy something, I'm like, no, I, I'm in, I'm in this for the long run. And when I look at, you know, creating content in a show, it's like, who do you really want to show up as Ryan? You know, who do you want to show up as? And I think about things like I'm very psychological phase. I mean, you know, I, I live in a suit every day, you know, prior to COVID, you know, I'm going around speaking at these events, marketing, doing these you know, uh, you know, servicing clients and things like that. But I said, you know, Ryan's more than just one aspect. You know, my business card is a sock, uh, you know, but I said, I want to I want to show up as Ryan every day, you know, and I might look a little different each day. I might have different vibe, but this is truly who I am. And there's something so um, freeing about that, you know, and then, you know, talking to people and, and getting to talk to people like yourself, where I said, man, I'm talking to some of the best minds in what they do. And I'm like, this is, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like it, it, there's no university out in the world that could compete with this. I, how can you sit down and you must think about this way. You're talking to people that got years of experience in one thing that they do, right? There's no professor out there that can teach what Faisal Carmeli can with being, you know, an active operator in what you do day in and day out. It's, it's the best education somebody could get, right? Yeah. And it's, it comes down to when you're able to give your value of what your true self is, 
out mm. there, mm. then that's your currency. It's Ooh. you. Ooh. It is Absolutely. not. It is not how much you make. It's not mm. how what you drive or how mm. you look or what suit you wear or anything like that. It, we are so caught up in that world oh. that the people that we really gravitate to is we know who they are. We value what they have to say mm. because we value what they've done. And that that whole piece is the most important part. No one's going to remember. You're not going to remember all the money you made. No. You're not going to remember no. every single no. guest on your show. No. But you're going to no. remember the impact you had to people. You know what I think about all the time? This is really. I'm gonna give you a morbid thought. It's it's. But I I and I love life. I don't really I don't really think of death. I don't. Think think of a death i enjoy each day and each moment but here's what i think about i think that whatever god you pray to if you don't pray if you're religious if you're not religious i don't care about any of that i love you you're all good but here's what i think i think at the end of the day when it's your time somebody comes up to you there's some gates there that they say yo Faisal, come on over here for a second come on over here i want you to watch a 30 second video of yourself this is kind of the vision i had for you Faisal. got the arm around you you're looking at this is why i created you Faisal. like you could have did this. There's going to be two responses from Faisal. Either, holy crap, I failed miserably. <laughs> I didn't even come close to what I, my potential was. Or you're like, I killed it. But I think if you're the person that's like, I didn't even come close, that it sends shivers when I think about that. And you know this because you've talked to retired people. You know, I've talked to people who are and, and asked them, I'm like, listen, is there anything you would have did? I know you're 85 years old now. And there are a lot of people straight up. They tell me, hey, Ryan, I have some big regrets. I'm going to be honest about it. And you see it, you know, it's a touching conversation because I see it in their eyes and you're just, you're taken back and then you walk away and you're like, man, you need to do the maximum with the time that you have right now because you see people who are at the other side of, of the coin. And I think that to me, that's huge, man. So I love what you're doing. I think it's great. We're going to wrap up here. I want to um, let you uh, talk about your show, how people can find you. Uh, this episode is jam-packed with uh, tons of nuggets here. I, I think that's great. And I want you to ask answer the last question here, though, is this. How do you want people? Like, I think about legacy as this. Not all the money and material, but I want my great-grandkids to be like, my grandpa? My grandpa was a fucking G. Like, this guy was badass. This guy, this guy broke boundaries. Like, this guy didn't know. This guy was an A plus B. He... He, he, he went against the grain. He, he trailblazed his own path. And, you know, this podcast, you know what I like about it? And I tell everybody, if you don't want to create a podcast, start recording something. Because I'll tell you this. I would love to hear my mom on a podcast right now, chopping it up with whoever. I would love to hear, you know, imagine your kids get to hear their dad or the great grandkids get to hear, yo, that was my grandpa. Like, they get to hear you and see you, man. That is, that. if there's any reason to do it, that's the reason. Like, hands down. Anyway, Absolutely. I'll end off with that. <laughs> so I think when you look at uh, what, what my grandkids are going to, my great grandkids are going to look at, they're going to see that this is a man who started with nothing and built a, a empire of his own that he can leave a legacy of what he has done, not what he's made. And I think mm. that to me is the most important part. My kids are going to be well off financially. I'm not worried about that. But what mm. kind of people are they going to be in this world is what I want to make sure that they are the best mm. that they can be without having any regrets or feel that they failed at anything, long as you give that work ethic like you were talking about, long as you give your your 100%, you can't have regrets because you gave everything out there. So I, I love the fact that you, you've got that, that viewpoint of put it all out there because that's exactly how I see it. Amen, man. And how can everybody reach out to your, go check out your podcast, please plug yourself and uh, and we'll wrap it here, man. It's been, This has been awesome and, and I know everybody's going to benefit from this, so I'm grateful. Yeah, this is a shameless plug now, right? There's two different podcasts you can go to. If yeah. you're transitioning to your living in retirement, go and check out on 
on your favorite podcast app, More Than Money Radio. So it's More Than Money is a show talk about transitioning to retirement. The second show that I have is called The Exchange with Faisal Carmeli. You're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to know how you can actually have a successful business. The keys to that, you got to tune into those ones because that's where we're going to help business owners become the best that they can. And this guy's given so much value. He's got not one show, two shows. This guy loves himself so much. He said, listen, I can't wrap my big personality around into one programmatic show. I love it. Everyone who's listening to the show, hey, listen, I, I appreciate you guys. This show would not be uh, without you. You know, very happy to be uh, number one Black Hosted podcast here in Canada, top 100. We've had some of the best minds in the world, as you know. But if you've not smashed the five-star review on, on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast, please do. And just know that uh, this interview will be uh, in video format, youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz. And always remember, curiosity should always be your mandate. Take care, everybody. And until next time, Faisal, thanks so much for coming and sharing your knowledge. Thank you. We're so glad you enjoyed this episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Please don't forget to smash that five-star review as Team Holtz will love you for it. Also, say hi to Ryan anywhere on social media using the handle at Ryan Holtz 1. That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-L-T-Z, the number one. And if you or your business is looking to expand your brand, book a brand jam with Ryan using the link in the show notes. 